0: Thank you for that introduction and devotional. In these challenging times, we do have the word of God and from it we can draw wisdom and encouragement and strength for our time today. Yes, get rich quick schemes. I will give you a brief overview of what we're gonna talk about tonight. That is why are get rich quick schemes so appealing? Why do we fall for them? Secondly, why not seek out get-rich-quick schemes? Why should we not be pursuing these things? Number three, we want to look at the profile of a get-rich-quick scheme. so we know how to identify them when we see them. And lastly, we're going to talk about how to avoid falling for the men in get-rich-quick schemes that we see in our society today. So get-rich-quick schemes, what are we talking about when we talk about get-rich-quick schemes? I want to go over a few here that are uh, prevalent in our society. This is not by any means a blanket statement or an all-inclusive list. But to start out, multi-level marketing. Now, these are not all bad, and I believe there are ones that sell legitimately good products and are serving Uh, society. But the thing I want you to think about tonight with multi-level marketing is how they flaunt how rich you can get. You sign up people and they sign up people and you sell things and look at the money you can make and look at the lifestyle you can have if you just sign on with this program. Here again if you're involved in these I believe there are good legitimate ones there but I think we need to be careful what is our motivation In multi-level marketing. Related to that is online marketing and sales. Again not all bad but I think these things need to be evaluated carefully. What about investment opportunities with high guaranteed rates of return? Perhaps it's a CD that earns you 5% interest which in today's environment is not realistic. Maybe you invest your money with some unknown company and they guarantee you a 10% annual return on your investment. It sounds great, right? Let's be careful. Let's be careful with investment opportunities, certain business opportunities. There are a lot of opportunities for business in our society today, and many of them are legitimate, but I believe there are ones that are not legitimate and we need to be careful, evaluate, get advice, do our homework before we just jump into any given business opportunity. Perhaps it's the stock market. Maybe it's penny stocks. You see an advertisement for this company and you can get in at 10 cents a share. Get in the very bottom before this thing explodes and you make all kinds of money. Don't you wish you got in with Amazon when they were just starting or Microsoft? Here's your opportunity on this little known company. Get in quick, 10 cents a share. You'll make lots of money or lose lots of money. What about seminars or conferences? Yes, we all want to learn and we need to learn and learning is good. But at times there are seminars and conferences that They have a splashy advertisement, and you pay a large ticket price to get inside this conference, to get a seat at the table, so to speak, to get the inside scoop on some formula, which is guaranteed to make you a lot of money. But once you pay that ticket price and you come to the meeting, you find out it's not what you thought it was. What about lotteries? Hopefully we aren't involved in lotteries, but there are those that are, and maybe for some of us it's tempting to buy a lottery ticket. I believe lotteries are a tax on those who are bad at math. Why do I say that? Because we know the probabilities. They have to advertise the probabilities in very fine print. Your probability of losing money is very high. We could talk about betting, raffles, sweepstakes, and so on. Now, there is one get-rich-quick scheme that I'm going to save for the end of the sermon tonight. And if you stick with me to the end of this topic this evening, I promise to share with you one get-rich-quick scheme that works. Okay, so we have a little preview or a little overview of what some possible get-rich-quick schemes are. Like I said uh, at the OnStar, there's many more out there. This is not an all-inclusive list. The assumption of the title, Get-Rich-Quick Schemes, is that getting rich quickly is a desirable thing. If it were not perceived as a desirable thing, then no topic would be needful tonight. So that begs the question, why are get-rich-quick schemes appealing? Why do we fall for them? Number one, I believe, is covetousness, which could be a whole sermon in itself. But it's keeping up with the Jones, or no, excuse me, the the Martins and the Burkholders and the Weavers and the Millers and you get the idea. We're not exempt from covetousness. But what if I told you that there was a certain attitude that would be a temptation and a snare that would lead us to foolish and hurtful lusts that would lead us to destruction. That is those who desire to be rich. What if I told you there was something in this world that would be the root of all evil? What cause many to err from the faith and what cause many sorrows? This is the love of money. You may have guessed it. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter six and we'll read this right directly from the scripture. 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 11. But godliness with contentment is great gain. 1 Timothy 6, 6. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be, be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare. They that will be rich, they that follow after get-rich-quick schemes, will fall into a temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which, while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. So the question is, are we fleeing these things as the scripture instructs us? Or are we playing with fire and tempting ourselves with get-rich-quick schemes. It is a dangerous thing to flirt with the devil. There are many sad stories that could be told of now broke or dead lottery winners who tell how winning the lottery ruined their lives. According to several different sources that I came across, those who suddenly win large sums of money are more likely than the average person to declare bankruptcy in the following three to five years after their big win. To me, that is a staggering statistic. You would think winning hundreds of thousands or millions or tens of millions of dollars would set you for life. But these people that do are more likely than the average person to declare bankruptcy verse here from Proverbs 21.5 that is applicable to this point here this evening. Proverbs 21, verse 5. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. A 2016 Time magazine had an article entitled, quote, Here's how winning the lottery makes you miserable. Well, that's not such a great advertisement for the lottery, is it? But this article went on to chronicle several stories of lottery winners who expressed how they wished they had never won the lottery. Some of them even go so so far as to say, I wish I would have torn up that ticket or not claimed my earnings because of how it made me so miserable and destroyed my life. So what do I value most? Is it the things of this world, or is it things eternal? Where do I get my sense of self-worth? Is it from comparing myself to others, or do I get my sense of self-worth from my position in God through Jesus Christ? Later on this evening, we want to get into some of the heart issues behind this idea of get-rich-quick schemes and behind this idea of why we are tempted to try them out. It is a matter of the heart. So the point is why do we lust after get-rich-quick schemes? Why are they appealing to us? And the number one was covetousness. Number two, desperation. Perhaps I lost a lot of money on a previous business venture or some type of investment. I'm in the hole now, and the only perceived way out of the hole is to make risky investments. And likely, I'm not willing to admit the truth about my situation and what got me here and why I'm here. Maybe it was no fault of my own why I'm in this bad financial position. Maybe it was health related or something else that happened. But the perceived idea is that I need to get rich quickly to get out of my financial bind. I'm embarrassed to ask for help. Why? Why in our brotherhoods are we embarrassed to ask for help? Could it be pride? I believe it is, in part. Because when it comes to our finances, pride often requires us to make poor decisions and unwise choices. Did you hear that? Pride, as it's relating to our finances, often requires us to make poor decisions and unwise choices. Humility, on the other hand, has a multitude of blessings for the one who exercises it. Perhaps these get-rich-quick schemes are appealing to some of us because of laziness. Genesis 3 talks of earning our bread by the sweat of our face. Proverbs thirteen eleven says wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. We as a Mennonite culture have historically had a strong work ethic and I think for the most part we still do but there may be a bone or a temptation of laziness in some of us that says if I could just make it big then I could retire and do what that's the question wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished but he that gathereth by labor shall increase Perhaps we're drawn to these get-rich-quick schemes because of the thrill or the entertainment factor. So here's a question I have for you. Is it justifiable to buy lottery tickets for entertainment? I'm not hoping to make it big. I'm, I'm going to say I'm not covetous. Is it justifiable to buy lottery tickets for entertainment if the money that I'm spending on that lottery ticket is money that I had allocated for entertainment, for eating out or vacation or whatever you do uh, for entertainment? What do you think? Is that justifiable? Some of you aren't sure. Would you be okay with your pastor doing it? What about your 16-year-old son? I ask another question. What is the wisdom in pleasure-seeking? Someone once said, quote, that a life devoted to seeking pleasure is a life committed to being discontent. Our world is pleasure-sick. Our world is looking for the next thrill, for the next high, for the next diversion, for the next entertainment. But remember in 1 Timothy 6, the very first verse we read, godliness with contentment is great gain. Do we believe that? Do we practice that? Does it make a difference in the way we order our lives today? Furthermore, is it wise to nurture the attitude of getting something for nothing? Proverbs 20:21 20, says, "An inheritance may be gotten hastily at the beginning, but the end thereof shall not be blessed." Is it wise to nurture the attitude of getting something for nothing? I believe that attitude can, in our hearts and in the hearts of our children, create a sense of entitlement. And I do not believe that is something that we want to nurture in our families today. So we're talking about the thrill and entertainment of these get-rich-quick schemes, maybe specifically the lottery Another reason why I would discourage from buying lottery tickets for simply the thrill or the entertainment factor is the great chance of addiction. Addiction to the pursuit of pleasure and entertainment. I buy a lottery ticket and I don't win. Well, I'm going to try again. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll win this time. Ah, I didn't win. So I buy another one. Ah, maybe I'll win this time. And pretty soon I have some money invested in this entertainment. And so I want to recoup my money, so I buy another ticket and another ticket. And then maybe I'll win. And I say, yes, all right, I'm onto to something, so I buy another one, because maybe I'll win again. You see how this works? It's an addiction to the pursuit of pleasure and entertainment. Just one more win, and then I'll quit. But it never happens. Maybe I think, well, yes, it's entertaining, but if I win the lottery, I'm going to give more. My motivation for these get-rich-quick schemes, not, not just the lottery, but any get-rich-quick scheme, is I'm going to make some quick money fast, and then I'm going to have lots of money that I can give. Let me warn you, this philosophy is probably just an illusion. Why? Why? If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 16. I want to read two verses from Luke chapter 16, verses 10 and 11. Luke gives us some wisdom here. He says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If, therefore, ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, Who will commit to your trust the true riches? If we are not faithful with what we currently have, it is doubtful that we will be faithful with more money, with more resources, with more blessings, with more opportunities. You know... I believe it is foolish to think that more money will change my heart and make me more generous. It is foolish to think that more money will change my heart and make me more generous. But yet, don't we think that way sometimes? If I just could get a raise or a promotion, then I'd have more money to give. Well, I challenge you, as you go throughout life, Keep a family budget. I keep a family budget, a very detailed family budget. I can look back over the last number of years and I can see how much I made. I can see how much I gave and how much I spent on other things. Try. See if you give more when you make more. I hope that you do. I hope that we all do. But it's a challenge, it's a discipline to make sure that I do and make sure that with more money doesn't just come an increased lifestyle. God desires that we are faithful with what we have right now. And if he sees fit to bless us with more, then we will have developed a lifestyle and a mindset of faithfulness. God knows that if he can trust us with a little, he can trust us with a lot. So we looked at some of the reasons we might be drawn to get-rich-quick schemes. Next I wanna look at why not to seek out get-rich-quick schemes? Why should we not follow after these vain pursuits of pleasure and wealth? Number one, it militates against living a simple lifestyle. Did you ever think about what you would do with an extra 10,000, 100,000, million, 100 million? How would it affect your lifestyle? How would it affect your thinking, your actions, your attitudes? Turn with me to Micah chapter 6. We have an interesting little story here in Micah chapter 6. In the first five verses of Micah 6, God has a complaint against the people. And starting at verse 6 of Micah 6, Micah replies to God, and I find it very interesting what he says. Micah 6, 6, "'Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old?' Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God? God is not looking for our stuff. God doesn't need our stuff, but he does need us and want us to be just, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with him. It is much more difficult to be just, to have mercy for others, and to walk humbly with God in the midst of an abundance of things. When I have so much wealth, when there's so much around me, I'm distracted from walking humbly with God. The point being here that get-rich-quick schemes militate against living a simple lifestyle. Furthermore, could my sudden wealth become a stumbling block for others in the church or the community? Are not get-rich-quick schemes mostly selfishly motivated? Have I thought about what these winnings or what these earnings or what this great business venture, if it made me so wealthy, what would it do to my relationships? How would it affect the others around me and how they interact with me? Is it possible that the way I choose to live could be the cause of envy, jealousy, or divisions in the church? Is my selfish pursuit of wealth worth divisions and envy and jealousy in the church? I hope that it is not. Number three, why not to seek out get-rich-quick schemes? Get-rich-quick schemes circumvent the satisfaction we get from working for what we have. Seeking to get rich quickly goes against the biblical command in 1 Timothy 8 to, quote, provide for his own. Yes, you could say, well, I am providing. I'm, I'm making all this money to provide for the needs of my family. Yes, the physical needs, perhaps. But we also need to consider the spiritual emotional, and mental needs of our families as well. And we could argue that a superabundance of wealth, and especially that wealth gotten quickly, while it may meet our physical needs, it may actually destroy and not meet the spiritual, emotional, and mental needs of our families for which we are called to provide as well. So not too long ago, I was at a business conference, and we split up into teams, and we were supposed to do this activity, and the winning team was going to get a prize. So for whatever reason, our team won, and the prize was a lottery ticket. Hmm. I looked at it, and I didn't understand it. I didn't know how to play. I asked the guy beside me, I said, what do I do with this, or how do I work it, because I... I I wasn't familiar with these things. Oh, he said, well, you scratch off here and there and then you try to match this and that yeah, and whatever. And so I did it and I didn't win anything. And I was actually kind of glad that I did not because I didn't want to go and redeem it. I probably would have given it to someone else. Um, but I had to think. I don't know what type of lottery ticket was it was. I don't know what the max winnings would have been. But I had to think about this. What if I did win? What if I did win a million dollars, a hundred million dollars. Would I really want all that goes with that? Would I really want all that goes with winning it big, so to speak? There's often publicity. Most states, you need to be identified publicly as the winner of a large lottery. There are a few that you may not have to be. But the publicity and all that goes with that The many relatives that you now have that you never knew you had before the many friends the superficial friendships that all of a sudden come perhaps the ruined family relationships the excessive living and the vices that often go with that the lack of purpose in my life at the office where i work when i'm at the office which now i'm working in my home office But when I'm at the office, there's a gentleman there that often does an office pool. So anyone who wants to pitches him $5 and at a certain time he goes to wherever you buy lottery tickets, he buys some, he sees what the winnings are. And if the winnings are there, you distribute them out or you roll them back in and buy more tickets. And they they always say, these people that participate in this pool, if I win, you're not going to see me here tomorrow. You're going to quit their job and do what? I enjoy my job, I don't want to quit my job. I want to continue working. I find some purpose, I find some fulfillment in working and providing value in what I do. Lack of contentment, we already talked about this a bit. But if I win this big, now I can get, and I can get, and I can get, and get, and get. And where does it end? Brothers and sisters, there is no logical ending point to discontentment. There is never an end to the road. It always goes further. It always branches off somewhere. Many of these people who have won a big or who have made a big have a lot of debt. You wouldn't think so, but they do. Because that discontentment spurs them for more and more and more. And now I'm leveraging my lifestyle with debt and more debt, and when the money stops, then it's all over. And the high stress that comes with all this and the health challenges. Do I really want what goes with winning it big or with many of these get-rich-quick schemes? You know, many get-rich-quick schemes are just that, they're schemes. They are like the weary desert traveler who is desperately in search of water. When he thinks he can go no further, he sees just ahead of him a shimmering pool of water in the near distance. With renewed energy, he pushes forward. But when he arrives where he thought the water was, there is only dry desert. The pool of water was a mirage. Oftentimes, these get-rich-quick schemes have clever advertising and they have great testimonials. But it's a mirage. You know the cliche, if it seems too good to be true, it probably isn't true. That applies to get-rich-quick schemes in many situations. Let's look now at the profile of a get-rich-quick scheme. Hopefully I've scared you somewhat this evening, and you say, I don't want to fall for one of these get-rich-quick schemes. What do they look like? How do I identify them? Yes, let's look at that. How to identify get-rich-quick schemes. Usually the risks are not well known. The advertisement is how much money you can make, and the business you can grow, and the followers you can have, and the product you can sell, or whatever the get rich quick scheme is, but the risks are not well known. The risks are not advertised. You can hardly find them out. Perhaps the end user or the end market is not known. You're selling something or creating something or marketing something and you really don't know where that's going or how it works or how it impacts other people or what a difference it makes in society. It could be an unrealistic return on investment. And this unrealistic return on investment is promised with little, expect, little explanation of how the returns are generated. You give your money to me, and trust me, I have the credentials and I know what I'm doing. Look at all these other people who have given money. Why do you have cause for hesitation or concern? It's an unrealistic return on investment without an explanation of how the returns are generated. Perhaps it's pressure to sign up. And it's great testimonials of people getting wealthy quickly. Oh, and by the way, it's time sensitive. Sign up right now because we have a limited number of seats available. There's a limited amount of positions for this opportunity. Oh, and by the way, did I tell you? Don't tell anyone. Because if everyone gets in this idea, it's not going to work. It only works if it's limited to the certain few. Did you ever think about that VIP letter you got in the mail? Did they really send mass mailings of VIP letters out and you happen to be on the list? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So pressure to sign up. Limited Amount of opportunities, and don't tell anyone, secrecy. To me, that spells no accountability. No accountability. Maybe it's an upfront monetary investment before I learn the particulars of the opportunity. You mail in your $99, and then you get the book, or the CD, or the video of how this great scheme works. Maybe you give money for a chance to win, like sweepstakes. And lastly, and probably the most important important profile of a get-rich-quick scheme is it goes against biblical principles. As you see these schemes, as you see these opportunities, evaluate them against Scripture. Ask your deacon, ask a trusted advisor what they think, get some counsel before you jump in to something that you're not quite sure about. So after I've identified the profile of a get-rich-quick scheme, and I have some good questions to ask on what does a good, what does a get-rich-quick scheme look like? How do I avoid falling for these get-rich-quick schemes? Because, you know, if my eyes are glazed over with envy and covetousness and jealousy and comparing myself to others, I may be able to rationalize in my mind why this is a good thing for me to be involved in. Even though I see some red flags, I may be able to rationalize it in my mind and in my heart. So how do I avoid falling for these things? Well, I believe we need to reevaluate how we make decisions. Personally, I'm realizing that many of the decisions that I make are often primarily financially based. Now, that's not wrong. We are called to be good stewards of our resources. But is the financial aspect of a decision the most important? part of that decision, whether it's to buy a house, buy a car, buy clothing, buy food, go on vacation, make an investment, whatever that might be. How do you make decisions? Think about the decisions in your life. Think about the decisions that you're in the process of making. What is the primary thing that you evaluate in those decisions? Oftentimes, Near the top is financial, which, like I said, is not bad. But when I make decisions, do I also consider what testimony it will leave to the community? Do I also consider that it might put a stumbling block before a brother or sister? Maybe it's a good decision financially, but if it puts a stumbling block before a brother or sister, it's a bad decision. If it leaves a bad testimony to the community, even though it's a great financial decision, it's a bad decision. will it compromise family time? Will it limit how available I am for church work and for the Lord's work? These are decisions that we these are questions that we need to ask as we make decisions and this is all in the context of how do I avoid falling for get rich quick schemes? Reevaluate, evaluate how you make decisions. What is most important to you in life? Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 17 for the last point on how to avoid falling for get rich quick schemes. Jeremiah 17 God here is listing the sins of Judah. And I want to pick up in verse 5 of Jeremiah 17. Thus saith the Lord, cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh arm and maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, and a salt land, and not inhabited. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways, and according to the fruit of his doings. As the partridge sitteth on eggs and hatcheth them not, so he that getteth riches and not by right shall leave them in the midst of his days and at his end shall be a fool. The point here is to guard our hearts. We avoid falling for get-rich-quick schemes by guarding our hearts. Look at verse 9 the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That scares me. I can't trust my heart because it may deceive me and it is desperately wicked according to the scripture. But a heart that has been transformed by Jesus Christ and a heart that has a Holy Spirit living in it can tell right from wrong and can discern what is a get-rich-quick scheme and what is a legitimate way of providing for my family and providing so that I have to give to others who are in need. Verse 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I take that as a promise tonight Ask God to search your heart. Ask him to reveal to you if there is any envy, if there's any covetousness or laziness or lust in your life. I know God will be faithful if we ask him to search our hearts. So when I started this message, I went over some possible get-rich-quick schemes. And yes, I do have one more to share with you this evening, as I promised. So in closing, I want to leave with you one get-rich-quick idea. I'm not going to call it a scheme, but one get-rich-quick idea that works every time and works for everyone. That is this. To get rich quickly, count Your blessings. Let's pray. Lord thank you so much for your word and the truth and the wisdom that we find in it. Thank you that we can go to your word when we have questions about life. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who lives in us and who can guide us unto all truth. Lord forgive us for times when we are covetous and lustful and envious. Lord, purge those things from my heart, from our hearts this evening. Help us to be people of generosity, people of hard work, and people that want to do what is right. Lord, I trust that we are, and I trust that we want to walk in the way of truth. Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom as we each individually walk the path you have called us to walk and evaluate the opportunities that you give to us and that come our way. It is in your name we pray, with thanksgiving, amen.